With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. Here's your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. All right, folks, what's up and welcome in. It is Harvard Handicappers here on this Wednesday. Apologies, it's a little bit later in the day that this thing's coming up, but uh, a little bit more of an evergreen episode as we don't have any basketball tonight. Western Conference Finals is over, and we, of course, await the end of the Eastern Conference Finals, which got extended out last night. No Kelly Bidlin, and uh, we will have, though, a guest with us a little bit later. Daniel Ovari will be with us as the WNBA season has gotten started. We're going to start what we'll do here weekly on Harvard Handicappers, our WNBA Wednesdays with Danielle as we'll have a nice conversation about what we've seen so far through the first couple of days of the season. Talk about some of the priors that she had and a lot of better topics to get to with Danielle, including a beatdown at the hands of the defending champs and favorites, Las Vegas Aces, and what it means for their future or maybe the Seattle Storm's future. But before we get to that, let's talk a little bit about last night. It's what we always do to start every single podcast, and what a night it was. How about this? The Boston Celtics extended out at least one more, 116-99 to 99 the final. Boston gets this win and will live to fight another day. This is absolutely fascinating, and I think there's a lot of tentacles that kind of stem from a game like this. And if you were on, uh, if you watched Lombardi Line earlier today, then you saw some of my thoughts on this with uh, Stormy and, and our conversations about this game. But I really think what I, I wanted to start with is really what the market did yesterday and the ramifications of that and what we're kind of doing as we move forward. And it's like a really good betting lesson, I think, because one of the things that I've kind of pushed back on, whether it be on this podcast or with other shows, is like the concept of like Vegas and everybody kind of tap dancing on the grave of Vegas and Vegas not knowing and Vegas being the catch-all term for anybody who doesn't really understand when it comes to sports betting. And I think that Gil Alexander, who hosts a numbers game, always puts this really well in that we, you know, people who host shows like this, who work at VSIN and other spots, we are too close to the sun. We, 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 we understand these sort of things, and, and a vast majority of people really do not. And so yesterday before the game, uh, we get a, a tweet from Bomani Jones. And this is one I wanted to focus on because it's not a dunking on of Bomani Jones. I actually really respect Bomani Jones. I'm a very big fan of what he does. And um, I actually would love to get him on this podcast one time to talk about stuff like this. But one of the things that really stuck out was, and, and, and it's kind of just what this tweet from Bomani Jones really echoed in that like Vegas doesn't know what's going on. And the thought was, and there's Bomani's tweet, the Heat are still only a one-point favorite. Vegas models just cannot conceptualize what the Celtics have done this series. So he's referencing, of course, that the Heat flipped to one, one-and-a-half-point favorites for that game yesterday. Now, what Bomani Jones doesn't understand when he tweets that or what anybody else understands, like when they respond to that in agreeance or anything, uh, is that a flip that we saw for yesterday's game is massive. 
you're talking about, no injury to drive that thing. There was no injury. It was only the market saying, hey, for game three, we thought that the Celtics were seven and a half points better on a neutral court. And then for game four, now nah, we think that the Celtics are one and a half points favorites or one and a half points better on a neutral court. That's an extreme, extreme adjustment. There, you can argue, should be some sort of an adjustment. And Stormy brought this up on the air when we were talking about this earlier today. It was like, well, don't you think there should be an adjustment? Sure. But to make that adjustment six and a half points, essentially, six points, that's a really big adjustment for a game and a series in which no real uh, tangible thing, change has happened. You know what I mean? It's just results. And that's where you get into the crux of it. And when I go back to a tweet like Bomani Jones, again, him not understanding what kind of a jump that is, you also have to understand, too, when you're talking about these things, when you want to dunk on Vegas and whatnot, there are so many different nuances when it comes to hanging up numbers, putting these things out there. So when Bomani says he Vegas can't conceptualize what's what the Celtics have been doing, no, they can, but they also cannot hang a number that is too extreme the other way because they're going to get absolutely lopsided with action and respected action at that. You cannot make that extreme of an adjustment because of poor play. You can make an adjustment, but you cannot make an extreme adjustment of about six points or more because that's that's like a player. You know, that's that's no Jason Tatum. That's no Jalen Brown. Uh, whichever one of those you deem worth six points, whatever it is, that's a tangible big change. But to just move it, that equivalent in terms of a number, while also not having any change, that's a really big adjustment. And so people can't conceptualize, to use Bomani's term, what is also at stake here when it comes for odds makers, uh, setting these numbers, these lines, doing what they're doing, because if you're going to do that, if you're going to be really off market and hang heat minus seven, I mean, that doesn't make any sense. And you would get absolutely blasted with money. And here's the thing. Before the result, sure, the Heat can go out there and win by eight points. But last night, they didn't. And that's a really great example of it, too, because had somebody done exactly what Bomani is assuming that they should do, you're in a position that you're at and you're putting up massive risk there. And then they go out and get blasted the way they do in the second half. And that's what happens. So I think that's the first part of the conversation I wanted to have is, again, I just I'm not really... I guess I am understanding to a certain extent this whole tap dancing on the grave of Vegas when it comes to the Celtics because they were such big favorites. But at the same time, to act, and again, I use the term Vegas there as a catch-all just like everybody else's, but to act like odds makers don't know what they're doing is kind of dumb when we have a massive sample size that tells us, yeah, odds makers kind of know what they're doing for the most part when it comes to setting odds and numbers and series lines. So with that, as we move forward in this series, and I cannot wait to talk to Kelly about this. Kelly and I were texting the other day. I talked about this on um, Lombardi line earlier. I did bet the Celtics to win the NBA Finals at just over 14-1 to 1 yesterday before the game began. And I do think that this is a situation in which we have a team that, yes, is down 3 nothing, and no team has ever come back down from 3 nothing. But a vast majority of those situations, again, 150-0 teams that are up 3 nothing win in the series, a vast majority of those series I'm going to guess. I don't know all of them off the top of my head. Do not include a one seed being down to an eight seed and a one seed being as highly rated as Boston is. I doubt there's many examples of that in that track record of 150 and 0 now of a team down 3 nothing. Generally, you're going to find that the team that's down 3 nothing in a series is the worst team, and thus the probability of that team coming back is going to be lower. But Boston has home court. Boston 
of course, is uh, a highly favored team that's going to be favored in every single game. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. And not that I, you know, I think Stormy was getting a little annoyed with me because I was I was explaining my position confidently, if you will. Do I think it's going to happen? I mean, the probability is against me. They are underdogs, and that's not, um, you know, likely to happen. But do I think that given the number that I got for the Boston Celtics to win the NBA Finals, given this team and where it was at before that result of Game 4, there is value in that number, and the probability of them pulling it off is higher than the market thought going into Game 4? Yes. So that's where my confidence comes from in that you have a good number now that we're, we are where we are. And I just think the probability, given the position I'm in, is higher than the position I'm in says. So that's all. I think that's a, I think it's a really good way to look at it. And we'll have more on the uh, the series itself and a little bit of a recap, too, more with Kelly tomorrow. Uh, remember, Rafael Barlow is going to be with us as well. So that'll be fun. We'll talk a little bit more about the NBA draft. But I can't wait, man. This was that was a it was a fun game yesterday to come back, watching Tatum, watching them get involved where they have six guys in double figures yesterday. The Celtics looked like the Celtics. And I cannot wait to see what this is going to look like as we move forward, especially with the fact that they're back at home and Gabe Vincent has a sprained ankle. This is going to become just interesting, we'll say. Well, interesting as Boston opens up an eight-point favorite, some spots down to seven and a half for game five. With that, let's take our break. On the other side, Daniel Ovari will be with us. We'll discuss what she's seen so far in the WNBA season and uh, get a thought on what is an interesting situation narratively with the Los Angeles Sparks taking on the Las Vegas Aces coming up this weekend. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's welcome in our guest for today, Daniel Alvari, VSIN. WNBA analyst, host of the Bet the W. Is that the name of the new show, correct? Yeah, Bet the W. Okay, I know that we talked last time, although it got ruined because of technology. Um, 
you did not want to call it the Bet the W podcast. So I wanted to make sure I did not include that. So Bet the W, you can find that wherever you get your podcast because it is a podcast uh, that is now in circulation. So Danielle, uh, wanted to get you on because one, every, every week we're going to talk about the WNBA. I am nowhere near as uh, nuanced in terms of my knowledge in the WNBA as you are. Somebody offered me the other day, they were like, hey, can you come on and you know, we'll talk a little NBA and maybe even get your thoughts on the WNBA. I was like, mm, pump the brakes on that one. All right. Uh, I got to knowledge <laughs> on that. So and do, uh, the WNBAC started on Friday. I will ask you this open-ended question. You can take it wherever you want to go because some teams, like I think it's the Sun that have played three games. Some teams like mm-hmm. the Aces have just played one, smoked their opposition on Saturday, and that's about it. Uh, through this early portion of only, what, three or four game days up to this point of the WNBA season, what has been something that you had a prior thought on that has been confirmed through the early part of the season, very early part of the season? The Connecticut Sun are yeah. legit. And I have been very high on the Mystics and probably too high based on what I've seen. Now, to be fair, these are probably the top three and the top four team that we're talking about. The Mystics and the Sun have already played each other twice of these three games the Sun have played, but they've played all three, won all three, covered all three. And the Mystics, meanwhile, their offense looks a little bit stagnant. In the half court, they have to only go to Lena Deladon. They don't seem to really have another option, which is odd because Shakira Austin looks great as well. Uh, but it seems like the only thing they're comfortable with right now. And also the turnovers were a really confusing thing for this Mystics team that last year was top three in the league in turnovers. So it looks like a couple things they have to figure out. And again, maybe it's just going against a really good Sun team. So I think there was some speculation, as you may remember, the odds for the Connecticut Sun to win the title before the season even started 40 to one in most Mm -hmm. spots. So lower than the fourth spot, as far as that, I ranked them higher in my rankings and I'm, pleasantly surprised to see that I think they're going to be a really legit contender here and again you could have got them at 40 to 1 I'm not sure what the odds are now yeah I'm going to look right now I was actually just looking uh DraftKings of course but I'm connected to New Jersey DraftKings and they don't allow Connecticut sports so they do not have the Connecticut Sun uh as part of what they have to offer let's see here but also Alyssa Thomas too has really flourished in her role and again I thought John Cole Jones being out of that mix was going to light things up for her because we saw it in flashes last year when John Cole didn't play uh she's all gas no breaks and now that she has nobody to slow her down that she has to feed the ball to she's been incredible and uh scoring in double digits every time again her MVP ticket was closer to 40 to one. I heard somebody say they found a 100 to one before the season. Wow. Uh, but I think that that could be a legit contender as well. Uh, Connecticut right now, we'll say general price is about 20 to one to win the WNBA yeah. title. So <laughs> I would assume given your priors, but I would assume given your priors and what we've seen through three games, uh, would that still be playable in your mind? 20 to one. Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's go through a couple of other things that we've seen so far. Actually the inverse of that question then, because we always have priors, <laughs> And right, sometimes we feel great when those priors are uh, confirmed. My priors about the Boston Celtics, for example, confirmed after four games in the Eastern Conference mm-hmm. Finals, finally. Uh, what is something that you had a prior thought on that now you're on shakier ground after watching the first few games? I touched on it already a little bit. The Mystics yeah. made me look a little bit concerned, but I do think, again, we'll see how they look against some of the other competition. They did do well against the Aces last year. Maybe that will go better for them, but the Suns' defense really gave them a trouble. Uh, outside of that surprised man the fever is still doing fever fourth quarter things the atlanta dream still turning the ball over way too much for me to bet on but managed to surge back and win in their second game versus the Lynx. the Lynx, i think no that worked out how i thought too the Lynx have looked a little bit like rebuild mode seattle has looked like rebuild mode i don't think there's anything 
that I'm completely shocked by, mm. except for maybe the Mystics stumbling a little bit more than I was expecting, especially on home court, because I think that that's been factoring in a little bit more as we've started this season. And I, that's a really good point because I, I was going back and looking because I did want to bring up your baby fever for anybody who, you know, we didn't get to post that and we ha- who hasn't heard you. You and I have discussed this with Indiana, which is, you know, those second halves, maybe those fourth quarters, something to look at because they're a team that plays the high tempo. They're young, so they're going to get up and down the floor. Just kind of be a pain in the butt, I would assume, for a team that has a bunch of veterans or just like, dude, come on, like, can <laughs> we can we just get out of here? They have outscored both of their opponents so far in the fourth quarter. So if we're yes. talking about a market where, you know, if you're anywhere that offers in-game wagering on the WNBA, heading into the fourth quarter, at least now through two games, the Indiana Fever have won both of the fourth quarters that they've played in. So kind of going along with the theme that we're talking about here, right? Preseason priors, that's one of them that's been confirmed a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing I would say is the Phoenix Mercury were ranked a little bit higher and at any moment still have Diana Taurasi, uh, added Mariah Jefferson at point guard, Brittany Griner, and as she feels more comfortable as the season goes on, anything can happen. But they also lack a lot of depth. And so a little bit we predicted that, but I think it looked worse than we were thinking. And I know mm-hmm. another bet that was still available as of yesterday was them to miss the playoffs that I think seven to one, five to one, maybe now seven to one preseason. And I think that's a possibility for them. I believe the Mercury franchise has never missed a playoff, so it would be a first, but it might be this season. All right, let me ask you about some news that I saw uh, when I was getting ready to talk to you today. How big of a deal, if at all, is Isabel Harrison going out indefinitely with uh, knee surgery for Chicago? Mm, it's tough to say. So Chicago, I think, has that's probably one I left out as well as one that mm-hmm. was surprised me, took me by surprise, the Sun and Chicago, because Chicago's come out and they've won their first two games. And again, was vehement about saying that they were not in a rebuild mode and all of us said, okay, sure, prove it. But they've been able to do it so far, at least in these first two games. Uh, I think this is going to affect them, but it seems like they're able to go through, I mean, pretty decent competition already. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be a huge problem for them long-term. Okay. All right. The only reason I asked too is because Chicago in the off season did lose quite a bit, right? Like in terms of like Candace Parker yeah. and uh, all what was their the other starters name? except for yeah. Kalia Copper. Yeah, I was going to say, there we go. Yeah, Vandersloot, I think Allie is the other Quigley, name I'm looking for. Courtney Vandersloot, Candace Parker, uh, and one more that they lost. Yeah, lost all their starters but Clea Copper, mm. who's now at the helm. All right, let's go to a couple of the big teams before we get you out of here, and we'll think and we'll get your thoughts if you have any on what's going to come up tomorrow because today is a day off in the WNBA. Um, New York Liberty. So they go out, you you know, you kind of alluded to this, mm-hmm. lost somewhat comfortably to the Mystics, then come back home, win and cover against the Indiana Fever. Uh, how much have you watched of New York and through two games? What have you thought of them? Because I know that uh, there are a lot of people who power rate this team pretty highly, as we talked about, right? Two of the uh, top teams in terms of the futures. But I was lectured uh, by Jeff Parles one day randomly in studio <laughs> that I had to take the under on the New York Liberty win total. And he's got to be feeling good through two games. Oh, of course, he just got married. That's probably why he feels good. But uh, I would assume he's also feeling great after two games for the Liberty. Well, and what I'll say is Jeff and I talked, and if that was more of a there's 40 games in the season, and that's yeah. just a big ask to win 31 games than it is him doubting the New York Liberty. Oh, but yes, yeah. And I'm think- glad you said that, too, just to tell our audience as well. Yeah, he was explaining it to me like they would be the Miami Heat in the first year with LeBron, D-Wade, and Bosh, where the ceiling's going to be really high. It's just going to take some time to get it all together. So that's yeah, it's a very fair point to make for Parle's analysis. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's what all of us kind of thought leading into the season was, oh, yeah, this offense is going to be absolutely elite once it gets going and just how fast can they gel together. Uh, That first game out of the gate on the road versus the Mystics did not go well for them. But then they come home and play what should be at least projected right now the last place team in the league and score at will, right? And a team that doesn't play any defense. So we haven't necessarily seen them against 
I think, a varied or a nuanced enough competition where you're playing the third best team, which in the odds, again, ranked by the odds with the Mystics, and then going and playing the last team. So uh, good things we saw in that Fever game. I'd like to see it up against a team that's going to challenge them defensively, so that will come. Yeah, well, and that's coming up on Saturday, right? I would assume Connecticut-New York is going to be a pretty mm-hmm. big-time match. I'm at that game. Are you going to be there? I'm going to be at that game. Oh, that's right, because you're leaving for New York right now. So how long are you going to be out there for? Uh, just through Saturday. So Ooh, That's cool, man. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you go once a month. I'd make the trip out there to the East Coast from the West Coast once a week. Uh, once a month, I would really hate myself. But since we're talking about it, what, what exactly are you doing up there in New York? Will you fill our audience in? Yeah, so we're doing our last uh, taping for our show, The Starting Five, which is presented by DraftKings. We have uh, five of us who kind of represent the different lanes of culture that go towards the NBA. So we have fashion, music, uh, betting, obviously, and uh, just NBA 2K. We just try to bring all of the elements in that bring people to basketball and have these incredible guests. Obviously, one that people have seen a lot recently was we had Kevin Hart on. Uh, but yeah, going to New York one last time at the end of the NBA season here. Don't uh, don't sell it short. Kevin Hart, I, I saw it. This it's the greatest compliment any journalist can get. He uh, he said you had a great question. <laughs> yes. What yes, was the four time All Star MVP? You have to know the stats. See, of course. See, that was great. That was great. Was Kevin? We'll delete this if you want. Was Kevin Hart nice? <laughs> Kevin Hart was so nice. Okay, he was so right. nice and super professional. Yeah. I've, I've heard things. I've heard things. That's all I'm going to say. So, All right. So anyway, we, we sidetracked there because you will be at Barclays Center on Saturday. That's going to be a big one. That's 10 a.m. Pacific time uh, for those who are out there, New York and Connecticut. And I want to double check because the one thing that stuck out to me. OK, so that'll be that'll only be the third game for New York. That'll be the fourth game for you of Connecticut. Is there any is there any thought process that Connecticut like, hey, man, four games through the first week of the season? Is that a lot from a workload perspective? Like, would that be a scheduling spot to circle New York at home, taking on Connecticut and playing in their mm. fourth game already? Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, again, the Mystics played three games in five days. That yep. definitely affected them with travel. Uh, New York Liberty only played just recently. They're going to have a good stretch of time off and practicing. I think the Sun will be okay. This is a really veteran team. I think that's what's working so well for them. They've actually played together for a lot of years. They lost John Cole Jones in the offseason, but outside of that, they kept together a good set of core players. And I think that they're going to be able to use these, even just these few days they have until that to put things together. Uh, I'm not super worried about it. And also short travel, same time zone. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was one of the things that did stick out. I was like, well, even if it is maybe a little taxing, it's like a hop and a skip and a flight, not even uh, over to the Barclays Center. I believe I, I was just listening to this stat about Connecticut and how well they've been performing on the road, actually, just as going back into last season as well. But this year, especially go out to the Mystics and win and not have a problem and lead the whole game. So they've actually been doing pretty well on the road. All right. So obviously I don't want to bury the lead, uh, but I wanted to seem impartial since I'm out here in Las Vegas. Um, Saturday. So I was very excited because we were on, on air for live that Saturday. I was like, cool, we're going to have this game on. Uh, get to see what the Las Vegas Aces are going to look like in their first game. Of course, no Becky Hammond and taking on <laughs> Seattle. Uh, holy smokes. I still think I can hear yeah. the, the dull thuds of the Seattle Storm skulls being bounced off of the floor. So I'll ask it this way. Was that game against Seattle more about Las Vegas or more about where Seattle is as a team right now? Oh, geez. I think the Aces couldn't help but score. I, I think yeah. it was definitely more about where the Storm are right now. They pretty much only have Jewel Lloyd as an option and – that's it. It's Jewel Lloyd and the Storm right now, and it's just very much rebuild mode for them. So I think it speaks more to where the Storm are at necessarily, but the Aces could not help but score, obviously, scoring over 100 points. And for that reason, on against teams that are either rebuilding or don't have any mm-hmm. defense to speak of, a.k.a. the Fever, 
uh, yeah, it's going to be Overwatch for them. So I, what I'm what I'm very interested in is so let's let's kind of continue down that path. If that was more about Seattle than it was about Las Vegas, and Las Vegas is a highly power rated team, would it be wise to maybe look to play against Vegas when they take on Los Angeles tomorrow? Would they? Is there a thought that maybe after a drubbing of Seattle in a primetime spot that the market might be a little overzealous on Las Vegas and on the road against Los mm. Angeles? A little high on them in what way? I just like, it, will the market look at that and say, hey, we thought this was the best team. They went out there and actually that was the, that was a record in terms of the deficit <laughs> in which they beat them by. It was a large deficit in WNBA game. Uh, you can correct me yeah. if I'm wrong there. Um, yeah. But if you're, if we're taking that, because I always like to find spots to play against teams that might be overvalued. You know, best example right. recently is right. Miami the other night, right? Market freaks out, makes them one and a half point favorites and they've been underdogs the whole time. They lose the game outright. Would this be an instance where the market sees something, gets their biases confirmed, hey, Las Vegas is the best, but you think it's a little bit more about how bad the Seattle Storm are, thus mm -hmm. maybe the market gets a little overzealous in setting a point spread for Vegas against the Sparks tomorrow? Mm. Well, here's my thing is I don't think that the Sparks – people may be too high on the Sparks based okay. on what they saw in their opening game. The Sparks – I was at that game as well, actually. Uh, opening night, uh, Mercury versus Sparks. <laughs> Who am I? Going to games every weekend. Uh, Mercury at Sparks was – uh, if you look at it just on paper, you think, wow, a total blowout, which it was in the second half. But the Sparks took a while to kind of get going and really looked like the Mercury just becoming really disjointed to me than anything. So the Sparks winning by 20 plus points in that opening game, I actually would think the market would probably be a little too high on them relative to them facing okay. off against this Aces super team. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. All right. Before we get you out of here, because it is very early and you've got a flight to catch, you're a, a very, you're a highfalutin person that's got a lot to get to in our world. Um, <laughs> Anything, because I want to get your thoughts on Minnesota and Phoenix really quickly, just some base thoughts, because I know that there's not numbers up yet. Uh, anything else from the first three days that sticks out to you that we have not hit on, be it like a trend in terms of totals or sides or another confirmation that has either been confirmed or, or actually you have worry about any other thing that sticks out to you that we have not hit on here? Uh, a couple trends, something that we saw in the first weekend more so. Tuesday, I went all in on my unders, and one of them ended up working out, but really not necessarily in the way I would have liked to have it work out. So uh, we've seen a lot of first half unders. So as these teams just starting to figure things out, obviously, the first couple games into the season, that's been something that I've been keeping an eye on. Uh, the Mystics defense is still really solid. The Lynx defense, I have to say, especially last Friday against the Sky, even in their losses, they've lost their first two games. Their defense has been able to make really good adjustments. For example, the Sky shot 51% in the first half on Friday's game, then shot more like 30 in the second half. So being able to kind of lock that down, I think their offense is just an absolute disaster because they don't have a true point guard to run. But I do think these teams that actually have the more solid defenses, so the Sun, the Mystics, the Lynx, obviously all trending towards under. So the book's still probably a little bit too high on teams that have said that they want to play faster. The Mystics have said they want to play faster. The Sun has said that. But I don't think that necessarily translates to the same kind of faster that we see from, say, an Aces team. So I'll still be keeping an eye on those unders, even though we did see our first over uh, in that Mystics-Sun game. All right. And uh, let me see. I'm looking right now. I want to get some confirmation on some of these numbers. So we get Minnesota and Phoenix coming up tomorrow. Uh, those are two, to your point. Uh, Under City. Yeah, I was going to say two offenses that have not been very good so far and two insanely slow paces to this point, too. So that seems like Which it's going to be a rock Which is weird because fight, the Mercury, huh? yeah, the Mercury like to play fast. It's just not working out for them right now. Yeah. I think their offense looks really rough. The Lynx offense looks rough. They only have one true point guard on the roster, Lindsay Allen. Uh, she did play 
I believe, in their game that they lost to the Atlanta Dream. That is like also the, the game they lost on Tuesday, I think, is going to be a rough one to have to bounce back from because they led that whole game and really just let it slip away. So uh, the Lynx will be upset. They'll be upset going into their next one. By the way, the WNBA not doing themselves any favors, huh? Why? Like, I, I get maybe that you don't really, you can't do much in terms of your schedule, but um, to have like two games, especially at seven, I guess they're at seven o'clock, but to go up against the Eastern Conference Finals, it's almost like working against yourself. You know what I mean? I know. We talk about this every year, it seems. This is what happens. And also, by the way, I don't know if I made this note on the Sparks and Aces uh-huh. game, but something that is going to be a big storyline that a lot of people will be paying close attention to is Dear Kahambi, who yeah. uh, you may or may not have seen is the result of, is the reason that Becky Hammond is suspended for the first two games. And not to put that against Erica, but the reason being that her feeling like there was discrimination with her pregnancy, she gets traded to the Sparks. Now we're getting to see the Sparks play the Aces for the first time. And what's crazy is seeing Dierka play in person after I'm pretty sure gave birth like within three or four months ago. And she looks pretty, pretty great, obviously on minutes restriction. But if you believe in those kind of revenge angles mm-hmm. and there are props available, if you can find them, uh, then that might be something to consider. So definitely a storyline that I wanted to make sure that people are also aware of. That is uh, that's a very good point. Totally forgot about that to get them in that second game, too. Uh, that is, mm-hmm. ooh, and we get it in CBS too. That's going to be on, well, CBS Sports Network, but still, I'll be watching. Absolutely brilliant. All right, Danielle, uh, I appreciate you waking up. I got to run. I got to get to the Lombardi line. Um, mm-hmm. for really quick, before we get you out of here again, let everybody know about the, the new show, Bet the W, and everything else that you have going on and where they can find you. Yeah, people can follow Bet the W Show on Twitter at Bet the W Show, and they can follow me at Danielle Avari. All right, Danielle, appreciate it. Thanks so much. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.